guys, GBC podcast number 35. Trente Cinco. Oh, yeah, Trente Cinco. Trente Cinco. Trente Cinco. Trente Cinco, yes. Okay. Are you sure? Hablas Espanol. For all of our Spanish listeners. Muchacho. You want to go? Number 35. Number 35. We really do try to teach our kids Spanish. See. There's this. See. See. Oh, no. No comprende. Well, hey. Hey. I feel like I've, I haven't seen you because I've been serving in um, children's, mm-hmm. which is the topic of our podcast this week. And I love it when God does this. <laughs> it's like something's on my mind. I had three ideas co- coming in here today, and then it was the exact same thing that was on Shane's mind. Mm-hmm. It's such a like God nod or something, you know. Absolutely. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. Hi, God. Yep. And it's not children's, by the way. It's serving. Serving. What serving, did I right? say? Well, you said serving in children's, and that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Oh, just <laughs> you must only serve in children's. Serving in children's. Well, um, we just have such an awesome church here, and um, I always try to like explain it that it's small, and people will miss you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes people don't like to be missed. Yeah. I personally yeah. want to be missed. I want you to be like, why have you not been here? Mm-hmm. Even though I, I mean, I'm here every week. Sure. But um, so it's it's small but mighty. I would say <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but we we are always trying to um, get our fellow friends to serve and do mm-hmm. it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it and it's part of the walk. It's part of the faith. I think it's at the core of it, and it's just gotten passed over somehow, or we excuse it. Maybe it's our culture um, that does that. But it, when you look through the gospels, read through the gospels, um, and listen to Jesus's invitation to follow him. Um, service is always at the heart of it. And yeah. uh, another term for service is ministry. So people get scared when you start talking about ministry mm-hmm. um, because they just think of the vocation, like what I do for money. Um, but that's that's not what ministry, I mean, yeah, sure, that's a, it's a form of ministry, but ministry ultimately is, is service. Um, to, to, to serve somebody is to minister to them. Um, and even think about it from other country standpoints. Like we call... Um, our cabinet members in the political office, uh, we call them secretaries, like Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, Secretary of the Homeland, Secretary, you know, all these. Mm-hmm. But you go across the pond and you get into Europe and they don't call them secretaries. They call them ministers, ministers, uh-huh. minister of defense, the prime minister, the minister of health, the minister, whatever. Um, well, they're not clergy. <laughs> they're servants. They're public servants. And so that's what the term means, to minister, mm. to serve um, but it's at the heart of, of, of who we are. I would argue it's at the heart of our DNA. Like it's in us to serve one another. God made us that way. But it's ultimately the invitation that Jesus gives us to serve. Um, I have two things that I was writing down as you were talking. Um, something that I tell myself, because I can sort of like shy away from serving, um, especially in children's, because I, I'm with my children so much that mm-hmm. sometimes I don't really... I just, I just feel like I need to be the one that's getting fed, you yeah, know? Yeah. However, I tell myself all the time, um, put yourself in a position where you have to show up. Yeah. And like, it's just sort of my motto. I'm like, if I, it, cause I know I'm going to get something out of it. And then mm-hmm. I've, obviously I'm teaching or whatever I'm doing, Sure. you know, washing cars, what, whatever yeah. it is, like I'm, I'm helping. And so sometimes that will change my heart a little bit to be like, okay, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. And I think there's an aspect of our faith that we miss out on when we don't serve. Um, like there's, there's, there's part of that walk with Christ and part of what he does inside of us that we don't get if we 
if we aren't serving, mm-hmm. uh, because it's so it's so much a part of what it means to follow Jesus. So that whole idea of you know put yourself in a place where you you have to show up. Yeah, but I think it's a smart thing to do because to what you just said, you just said, um, and when I do, I get something out of it. Yeah. Um, now sometimes I think it's it's not just the service, if you will, that we're doing for those that we are serving, but something's also happening to us, if that makes sense. And I think especially with children, I mean, I know that's not supposed to necessarily be specifically about children's ministry, but when it comes to when it comes to children, yeah, you're definitely pouring into them. Um, but man, when you're doing it in the right mind and the right heart and, and doing it as, as an act of service, you know, surrendered to your heavenly father, I, God does something in us. Totally. Um, and I, 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 when it comes to children, especially here at Greenwood, one of the ways I try to, to present it, all, and I don't even know how it sets with people, but I try to present this all the time is, um, it's a, you and I are called to make disciples, every single one of us. It is not just the pastor's job to make the disciples. It is not just a teacher, a Sunday school teacher or whatever's job to make disciples, a deacon's job. Um, that's the calling of every follower of Jesus has been called to make a disciple. To make a disciples means to make them followers of Jesus. Um, and he shows us how to do that. Well, if that's if that's what we've been called to, if we're not doing that, then we're not following Jesus. We may be believing in him, but we are not following him if we are not making disciples. So some people would argue, well, I just don't know how to do it, or it's a hard thing, you know, it's a hard thing, or I'm uncomfortable, or whatever. Well, okay, fine. I mean, everybody's got an excuse. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot easier to do it with children. Like, yeah, so not everybody oh, yes. can do it with with adults. Um, and I, yes, I agree. It's completely, it's so much harder to do with people your own age or, or people that you know. But if you can sit in a classroom and mm-hmm. uh, show a kid how God loves them and mm-hmm. teach them some little something, well, now you're, now you're participating in making disciples. So the way I sell it, if you will, is... Sell it. Um, <laughs> hey, here's an opportunity for you to be faithful to what you're called to do anyways. Like yeah. if you're having a hard time during the week, why don't you pick it up on one? Take take a Sunday a month. Take two Sundays a month and say, "All right, I'll I'll make a disciple out of these kids." Okay, so everything you said, I mean, I second. Here, you know, here, yeah, yeah. here. You yeah. know, I second <laughs> sure. everything you just said. But I'm going to tell you that I and I speak on behalf of other people out mm-hmm. there. I do do it sometimes, grumbling. Yeah. And, and the scripture that I, I pulled up, which uh, Shane came with a different one, was Philippians um, 14. And it says, do everything without grumbling or arguing, which I tell Shane that I tell my kids that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do as I say, not as I do. Yep. Um, so that you may become blameless and pure. And then in quotations, it says, children of God without fault mm. in a warped and crooked generation. Mm-hmm. But the the part that I always quote to my kids is you're supposed to do everything without grumbling or arguing just as you would, which I guess I'm adding something to this when I say this, but just as you would to the Lord, like do it like you're doing. Well, it you're adding, you're, you're, you're blending Philippians um, with Ephesians six. Oh, that's okay. why, that's where you're getting that. Well, why from. don't you say yours? Okay. So Philippians six, uh, verse seven, uh, Paul says, serve, ho- serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, mm-hmm. um, which, and even it's- the, like the context of this is even so interesting. Um, so back up to verse five. Uh-huh. Slaves, obey your masters <laughs> with respect and fear. Like we don't even have slaves in, in this world, oh, right? Yeah. Um, slavery is a bad thing. But in that world, it was very much alive and it, very much a part of, of, of the culture. So slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear. 
and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Mm. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. What? Doing the will of God as a slave? Apparently so. Um, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And so that's why we go, okay, so this applies to all of us, whether we're slave or free. So everybody... We ought to serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Okay, well, where's, um, where is the part where, okay, so we are not currently slaves, Mm-mm. but I feel like the Bible, although is always talking about terms that aren't so familiar with us, mm-hmm. what, what do we take out of the slave part? Like, do we, do we interpret that as like, um, like be respectful and fearful of authority Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I'm just trying to, like, slaves. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, of course, Paul speaks to that. So, absolutely. I mean, Paul speaks to, he's going to speak to that in um, in Philippians, and he speaks about it in Romans, that, yeah, absolutely. You know, you you submit to the authorities that, that are over over you. Um, and I, I, I've, I've made the point before, it's a powerful statement when you really look at the context, because Paul is speaking this to the church at Rome, and they don't have a Christian emperor, right? right. Caesar is not a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, the The Senate of Rome is not, um, you know, they don't they don't follow Jesus. They're they're very much Roman, and they worship these Roman pagan gods, and they will kill Christians mm-hmm. uh, for the first three hundred years of their of 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 Christianity, if you will, of that existence within the empire before it becomes a Christian empire, which is crazy to think about. So, you know, yeah. we get tore up about presidents that aren't Christians or that we don't think are, they don't line Stop up with our view. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, but Paul is saying, hey, submit to the authority, and the authority in that moment is the authority that will remove his head, and yet and uh, it has him imprisoned. And he says, obey it. God established it. All, you know, even the prophet uh, Daniel, or the Daniel is a, it's kind of a prophecy kind of book, but Daniel says that uh, the Most High God is sovereign over all the kingdoms of the world, and He gives them to anyone He pleases. Um, you and said so, you said it a long time ago you know, that God appoints. He He appoints the rulers over nations. So that's, that's what Paul why says. we should submit. Absolutely. So He's like, so honor the authority. Okay. Like we may not we may not understand why they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, we may not see the whole picture, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have to. But coming back to this piece, of, I know I'm sorry. Uh, we no, feared, no, but it's good. of authority in, in the serving piece is like it's not about them anyways, right? It's not about them, and it's not about it's not about their beliefs or you know or any of those kinds of things. It is um, you serve as though you were serving Christ Jesus Himself um, because you know that the Lord will reward each of you for whatever good that they do, and then on top of that, so that they might see Christ in you. Right, so that's that's always the goal of Paul. Paul is, hey, your reward isn't coming from them; it's coming from Jesus. Your, you know, what you need is you're not getting it from them; you're getting it from God. Um, but what I want you to do, or what we're being called to do, is make God known to them. Yeah, through your life, like get people face to face with Jesus, which is our slogan. Where we say it, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then a couple weeks ago, or was it last week? I'm not really sure when it was. How how we talked about the moon being a reflection of mm-hmm. the sun, and that's mm-hmm. how we should always reflect God, so that your message is always consistent, which I appreciate, because um, that's I think that's the best way to hammer something into people's heads yeah. is to say it 29 different ways. But you're saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming what your answer to my question is going to be that we have to pray for a change of heart. If we are doing something without grumbling, that we have to pray that God changes that in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it definitely comes down to a surrender to Him and give it over to Him and, and pray through that. And I think you have to pray through it sincerely. 
you know, with, with, with just absolute sincerity that first recognize that my heart's not right. Uh-huh. I'm being selfish or I'm, I, I think that me getting fed is more important than serving at church on Sundays or I just don't want to do it. I mean, whatever the excuse is, it's, we, we got to get our heart right. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think you, you, that's where you got to start there. And I think it starts with that clarity and that transparency with yourself of saying, okay, my heart's not right. And I, I, I do have a grumbling heart and I, you know, I, I, I do argue, um, you know, internally about this. Or, or justify like, uh, oh, I served last week or, yeah, like or I whatever. Did, like I, I did my little. Which I get. I mean, people, people need to be connected. They need to be able to be connected to the service and yeah. what is happening there. Um, but we also have to balance that with serving. And and right now we're just talking specifically about Sunday morning, the context of Sunday sure. morning, um, because it's all necessary and it's all important. Um, it's just. It's just finding that balance, right? And not neglecting one for the sake of the other, regardless of which way that goes. But we weren't meant to be consumers. Um, we are yeah. not meant to consume, 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 consume. That's how you get fat. That's how, <laughs> right? That's how you get fat physically and unhealthy. Uh, that's how you get fat spiritually and unhealthy. Um, and not, you know, fat spiritually in a good way. Um, we, we weren't meant to do that. We are meant to consume and then pour out, pour out pour out, pour out. Um, this Sunday, I'm, I'm talking about some, a, a word that occurs throughout the scripture called overflow. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening right now, a little, little preview of, of, of a little something that's coming um, this, this week, but overflow. So overflow, when we think of overflow, which and it obviously means this, is almost always about liquid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, I specifically think of it with my five-year-old son pouring milk. Because if he's pouring his own milk out of a gallon it jug, gonna it's going to overflow. <laughs> you know, the gallon, the gal- especially when it's full or half full or more, it's going to overflow. He can't control, you know, once it gets to that you know, stopping point, he can't stop it fast enough. Totally. He can't turn it over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's going to spill and it's going to get everywhere. Overflow. So we think about it liquid, I think, and it's never a good, good thing because it spills and gets all over everything. Um, but then... That's kind of the point, though, in Scripture of the overflow, but it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Because overflow always speaks to God showing His splendor, right? So whenever you see overflow, you, 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 it, is a, it is God displaying His splendor specifically from His desire to give us more than enough. More than enough. And you see that over and over and over and over again, that God is overflowing. He's giving us more than enough. So let me bring that back to to pour out, right? And not just consuming. Um, That's it. So we get filled up and out of the overflow, we ought to be pouring out and serving one another and caring for one another and knowing this isn't just about you filling a role or filling a spot or doing something because the church needs you to do it or the mm-hmm. preacher asked you to do it. No, no, this is this is about, hey, I'm, I'm going to pour out the love of Jesus in some practical way, whether it's greeting someone with a hello and opening up a door, whether it is helping some kid do a project in the classroom, whether whether it's, you know, you know most every adult here, if not every adult here can read, because um, you're not a teacher, but man, you can at least read a little something that somebody else wrote one time to, to tell them uh, about Jesus, like something um, that we can do that overflows the goodness of God from us to them. Um, can you define splendor? Splendor, yeah, it's um, maybe the easiest way is is the signature of God, um, which I know that's another <laughs> that's another. Can you define of signature of God? Um, 
his his splendor is um his majesty his his um his calling card his um sorry i put you on the spot no it's okay um those are just the images that i always think about splendor i think of majesty too but then i'm like i don't still know how to um categorize it in my mind um splendor it's um we might get back to it because I have an example. Well, because I could because I could say, well, the glory of something, and then you're like, well, what's the glory? Well, because um, it's actually <laughs> you know? I, the reason why I ask is, and I'm not going to get off track again, but is um, twofold. Okay, I was just thinking about my kids, and I always try to talk to them. But I think like the language of faith involves like the word splendor, and that's actually an idea for um, another podcast. Splendor but, is the look of it, right? It's yeah. like it's the appearance of it. That's why I say the signature, the majesty of it. The you know, if if we were in London, because we don't have this in 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 you know the United States, but if we were in London and Her Majesty the Queen is is coming out, like she's not just coming out by by herself at any in time. All of her there splendor. is there is you know you know it's the gowns or the crown and the um, you know the the, the pageantry of the of the military and you know the castle and that's splendor. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the signature of it. No, that's, that's the good. majesty. Of it. Yeah, no, no, that's good. Well, I will attest to everything that you have said about serving and, and what we get and how it overflows. Mm-hmm. And here's my example. So in um, the kids' church last week, we were talking about King Ahab. And Shane's going to be 97% better at te- retelling the story about King Ahab. But it was great because we got to pretend like we were being King Ahab, which he's like a whiny baby. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So basically, he wanted somebody's vineyard. Oh, he's a king. He has everything. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. He wants somebody's vineyard that's like... A little peon, right? Like it's it'd be like President Biden wanting my house. Like, oh, why sure. would yeah. you want what I have? I'm nobody to you, you right. know. Yeah. Um, and he kind of had a temper tantrum. Like, mm. I want this vineyard, and you're gonna give it to me. Goes mm-hmm. back and tells his wife, and then did he end up having the guy killed? He did. Yes. And it, it ended up yeah. getting his yeah. um, vineyard. So I'm like, how many times do children do that? Like. This is never enough. I want that one too. Uh-huh. You know, three Skittles is never enough. I want uh-huh. like five more. Right. Which I mean, who isn't like that about sugar? Sure. But like <laughs> when we were in children's, I mean, it was so funny to make them pretend like they were King Ahab. We we're like, I want it now, you know. Uh-huh. But now they're going to remember who King Ahab was mm-hmm. and they're going to hopefully draw the parallel that more is not always best. And yeah. so my point is like the overflow of that Harper, my middle child was in my class. And so she's listening to me pretend like I'm King Ahab and all week long talking to the kids. I'm like, no, 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 no. You were sitting there in Bible study with mommy. You remember that we are not to act like King Ahab, like this is enough. So I feel like that's a good example of overflow. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think overflow when it comes to us from God, that God's desire to give us more than enough um, is really about assurance that we have um, more th- more so than the than the blessing um, uh, of it, you know. The um, even if it's a if it's a resource or if it's something kind of physical, the, the assurance that God's God's got you and He is going to care for you, and not only will He give you enough, and sometimes it's just enough, right? But most of the time, and oftentimes, He gives us what we need and 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 then some more than enough some leftover in the end. So what do you do with the leftover? What do you do with the more than enough? You give it away. Well, and if you um, want a good story, I mean, not to talk about Elijah for the 37th, um, (laughs) you know, podcast, because, you know, Shane and I both think he's so great, but I think it's probably because it's big muscles. Um, (laughs) But, you know, getting fed by the raven, he got just enough, was it morning and night? Mm -hmm. Morning and night for however many days until the 
the river dried up. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this right, right? That's right. The ravine. Yeah, when dried the brook up. dried up. The brook, thank you. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's like God didn't like put down a feast for him. Yeah. I mean, like th- there'd be no one for him to share it with anyways, but a little bird brought him exactly what he needed every morning and every night. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And God provides what we need. And then and then uh, oftentimes there's there's overflow even out of the provision. And so, um, so because it's not going to stop there, then he's going to go to the widow. Um, and then, and the widow is going to have only enough, remember? Yeah. She's just got enough for her and her son. That's it. Flour and olive um, oil, right? That's right. Yeah. A little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. I've only got enough to, for, for one more meal. And that's so we it. don't die. And, and he says, I understand that, but you, you make me something first. Um, and then you and your son can eat. And then there was more than enough. And you right? want to talk about service too. She's like, you know, that'd be like me being like, I don't have time to serve. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't have the resources to serve. Yeah. But then he's like, you will serve. Yep. And she did. And then she was blessed. She got to live and her son. And you they know. continued to live. And God continued to provide. There was over. There was an overflow of it. Um, you know, you, you, see it, you see it in Elisha's story. You know, Second Kings chapter 4, open it up. The, you know, the majority of the chapter speaks to God's overflow, the oil. Um, you know, uh, the, the prophet comes and she's upset because her husband has died and he was one of God's prophets. And, um, and you know, the, the, the debtor is, or the collector is coming to take her house and everything that she has because she has, she has no money to pay her debts. And her son's going to be brought into slavery. And, um, you know, Elisha says, gather up every empty jar you can find. Go around to your neighbors, ask for oil. And um, or gather up every jar that you can find from your neighbors, bring it back, um, and then take the oil that you got and start pouring. And then she starts pouring and fills up all of her jars. Just pours it out. Yeah, sells the oil, and she has not just enough, um, but it's more than enough. It's it's more than enough to care for their needs. It's more than enough to pay their debts. It's more than enough to. You see it over and over again where God is being so good to us. And again, Shane, like talking about the oil and the jars and all the stuff that seems so ancient and far away. And when you read the Bible, especially if you haven't cracked it open in a long time, you're reading it and you're going, what? Mm-hmm. Is this? We don't have oils and jars, and we just go to Kroger and get the oil and right, pour it right. out, and it's fine. Right. Um, but I think if you literally like close your eyes and and walk by like the blind faith that we are called to walk by, then you start to experience the oils and the jars. Absolutely, and and sometimes I. F- I, I feel like people have to learn it the hard way because they can't they can't appreciate it they can't see it that way and so sometimes God will show you the hard yes. way and God will show you well let me take this from you yes and you'll know that I give it to you let let me I take mean, this away and amen. when you don't have it anymore and you call on my name to get it and you get it back then you'll realize uh, it's it's not the way you think it is I am providing it I'm just providing it through Walmart through Kroger through Target. Through the farmer, through the, what mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm still providing it, and I'm still giving you access to it. Um, you just don't see it that way, and so there's there's warnings all throughout Scripture, even when it comes to that. That you know, be careful that you don't think that you did this work by your own hands or yeah. your own wisdom. And God's God God warns David even with that. All right, so if you like um, what we're talking about as far as overflow, make sure that you go to the YouTube channel and listen to Shane's message from last Sunday, and Mm-mm, then no, from this Sunday. Oh, it's, so this is a preview. Oh, this is a overflow oh. is just going to be part of what we're talking about this Sunday. Okay, yeah. so the reason why I said that is because I was serving. <laughs> I was in children's teaching about King Ahab, so I have yet to listen to Shane's um, message yet, but I will. Don't worry, because I always do. Um, okay, so so show up to church then, and there's mm-hmm. another reason why you should just show up. Fried because, chicken this uh, Sunday. <laughs> it's very bad this to us. Are we doing it outside? No, it'd be pretty too cold. Um, yeah. We'll do it back here in the fellowship hall. And okay. 
we'll pile in. We'll we've got a the crew fried kind of set chicken. up to to reset the the room so that there's tables and chairs out, and we're gonna have fried chicken. Hey, and this is a something you just have to show up. Like, yeah, yep. it's uncomfortable. Yeah, you're not gonna know people. Yeah, it's gonna be church talk. I mean, you know what I'm saying. That's the whole like, thing about fried chicken is it's pretty easy to get to know somebody over a piece of fried chicken. I feel like you really sure. Why not give like, someone a good talk, opening talk line, Shane? Someone, what if yeah. we have some like socially awkward people listening? Just say, man, this is some finger licking chicken. <laughs> And just start with that. Finger licking good. Okay, I was hoping you would say something way more original than that. But no. sorry. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny because it's not. It's not whoever brand finger licking chicken is. Is that Kentucky Fried Chicken? Yes. Yeah, it's not Kentucky I, Fried I, Chicken. I don't know. So you know me, I don't eat stuff like that. So I don't know. And I'll tell you, it's not Christian chicken either because Chick Fil A ain't it. open on. Oh, Chick Fil A. So. I know. I know my kids are always so upset about that. Okay, yeah, so we have, um, you know, the, the fried chicken. But here's the thing, guys. Shane always gives us such a good message that even if you are a little socially awkward and don't kind of know what to say to these church folks, you get to talk about what Shane just talked about. Because I know in my own marriage, sometimes we're coming home or we're eating lunch afterwards and we're like, did you hear him say blah, blah, blah? Like, did you, is this, <laughs> how did you take that? Or how does that interpret? So, I mean, it's good conversation. Um, okay, and, and serving. And so I just want to, like, like bring yep. that back bring home back. Yep. that we are to serve and do everything like we are doing it for God. Absolutely. Serve wholeheartedly um, as though you are serving Christ and not people. And then in a separate scripture, do it without grumbling. <laughs> do it without grumbling. Okay, Stop guys. Stop complaining. Hey, if you like this podcast, send it to your friends. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye.